Welcome once again. I was going to say it's Tuesday, but to be honest, I actually don't know what day it is. Uh, we've been so incredibly busy, and I'm not just talking about myself and Tyron Jabu Barnard. I'm talking about everyone, uh, especially in South Africa, given the fact that lockdown is pretty much done and dusted, uh, or so we hope. And uh, yeah, things are slowly uh, returning to the norm. More sport taking place, uh, more work being done. And uh, as a byproduct of that, it means that... Uh, Jeez, we certainly have been tried and tested in putting together Hockey the Podcast. But that being said, you can always rely on us to deliver. So welcome again to another great episode. Well, it promises to be great of Hockey the Podcast. I'm Derek Alberts and I mentioned him up front, but let's hear from him again. Tyron, how are you doing? Yeah, good thanks to you, Derek. Yeah, I'm good, man. I, I know we've been speaking to each other uh, uh, more than our partners, it has to be said. We've been so incredibly busy with a, a number of our, our business ventures. And uh, today we've got a, I was going to say a welcome day off from, from some of our, our other uh, productions. But uh, not the case because we're working right now. But this can hardly be termed work. Uh, this, this this is not work. This is enjoyable. And uh, yeah, I mean, to the listeners, I probably would like to just say, sorry <coughs> that we haven't got something out uh Every week in the past month, uh, in between everything else, uh, we just haven't managed to find time to to get everybody in a room together, and we didn't want to skip like certain guests to go on to others ones because you know there's important stories that we want to tell. Yeah, very much so, and there's a a great story that will be told today. Uh, tell us a bit more. Yeah, today we're joined by Ryan Julius, international indoor and outdoor hockey player for South Africa. Uh, he is joining us all the way from Holland because he managed to get overseas during the lockdown where he has signed for a new club, uh, Almira in Holland, playing in the Hoofdeklasse, um, which is ultimately what, what league every single one of us who's a hockey player would want to play in at some point in our lives. He's just 25 years of age and has already done so much, so much uh, amazing things, so many amazing things uh, in the game of hockey. Uh, both in indoor and outdoor, and uh, his career has only just started at the same time. So, uh, Ryan, welcome, and uh, thanks for joining the Hockey the Podcast show. Hi, uh, yeah, thanks, Ty, uh, Jabu, and thanks, Derek, for having me. It's a, it's a real honor to to be on the show. Um, it seems pretty like a good uh, attraction, so I'm looking forward to having some some good conversations and some good banter at the same time. Yeah, absolutely, Ryan. And, and I mean, just share with everybody. Hi, I mean, you're now a Hoofde class of player. You're sitting over there in in the Netherlands. Uh, you're going to be playing for Almira. Tell us a little bit about the the contracts, what it entails. Are you coaching, and and also how did it come up? Yeah, um, it's actually a funny story. So I think the beginning of the year, before lockdown uh, hits Cape Town, hit South Africa, um, Almira came on a tour to Cape Town. Uh, and they played a few games a bit against uh, uh, like a Western Province team, um, Cricket Club, Central, just a few teams in uh, Cape Town. And uh, we played a game against them for, and I played for Central back home in Athlone, uh, coached by the legendary Bruce Jacobs from from PSI. And I had quite a quite a decent game apparently. Um, and after that game, they uh, their coach uh, just said a few words and said, yeah, maybe I should think about coming to play in Holland and in the Hoof class. And I was obviously a bit a bit starstruck because that's been a dream of mine. I think 
five years ago, I applied to every single team in the Hoof class and I, I got rejected. So I didn't think it would be possible. And then um, they sent me a, a contract um, for a season with the idea of looking to extend um, the contract and getting a, a working visa. Obviously, during lockdown was a bit hard because you weren't you aren't able to travel abroad uh, on a tourist visa um, during this time, and so I thought it was a bit impossible. Um, but the club managed to to get it to work, and I've obviously been blessed with. Uh, they've set up a really good support system with a, a lawyer to get all my documents, and I haven't actually had to do anything. So that uh, process was very smooth, um, and now I'm just fully integrated into the the club and the team, coaching um, the head coach of the under 14A boys at the club, um, and then I give uh, some trainings to. Um, the Dharma's Tour, which is the, the second team ladies, and then um, the under-16 uh, B-boys just uh, during the week. And then obviously trying to juggle that with um, Hera Ain, which is the first team men's training, and then as well as my studies. So, yeah, it's been quite a, quite a wild experience so far. Ryan, welcome to the show uh, officially. But, uh, I mean, it must be said, I think you're very humble in the way you described how it came about you going over to the Netherlands, you said after the game, uh, the coach just had a few words. I mean, what were those words? If someone comes to you playing in one of the most respected uh, leagues in the world uh, and comes over and says, listen, I think you should be joining us, and that's that's pretty high praise. Um, Yeah, thanks, Derek. Um, Yeah, I think... I'm a very, I'm very highly critical of myself when I play hockey. So when he came to me, I was like, okay, maybe he's just honestly just bantering around because I do know him for a good five years and on a social uh, environment as well. So I thought it was just, um, just a conversation starter and something just to to speak about because I haven't seen him in in three years. Um, and then that evening a few of the players uh, asked me to to join them for dinner so um i unfortunately couldn't go but the coach spoke to me after the game and said yeah he really enjoyed my my attacking ability um the the leadership that i have within uh, the central team how that can be of of great value to the club um and the fact that i'm a uh, i'm fairly fairly young uh, in the in the hockey environment and the value i could add going forward to, to the team from an attacking and a leadership uh, perspective. So he seemed quite quite eager um, and, it be, and it materialized and, came, and became a bit real as the months went ahead. But he was, he was very pleased with, with my game um, and my style of game and how it can be suited to uh, the Dutch league. So, yeah, he was, he was pretty optimistic in, in getting me over here. There's no question that you are one of the few success stories during lockdown and the fact that you managed to to get over there is is amazing i mean we've myself and ty know a couple of people who uh tried to get on ex, uh, those expatriate pl- flights i think it is uh yeah. for, for many many yeah, times cool. they were on and then off and on and off so i mean yeah it, how has the transition been i mean it seems like you've managed to keep yourself incredibly busy uh busier than most it must be said yeah, yeah. During lockdown, my obviously it did mess with my my mindset a bit, and I had to actually sit down and 
have like a conversation with myself and be like, okay, now you aren't playing hockey. Um, but also put a bit of things in perspective, like hockey is not everything. So if hockey is taken away, you have to have something to fall back on. So I, I, I was really integrated with my studies, um, trying to get that sorted. I did really well last semester. Um, and then it also gave me time for, uh, yeah, just looking at my game and having an honest conversation with myself and being like, okay, where are, you, where are your weaknesses? And now you're in lockdown, so you have time to work on those so that when the season actually starts, those weaknesses become more strengths. Um, and, yeah, it would give me a bit of an advantage over the people that I'm competing against. So that was my mindset going in um, to lockdown. And, yeah, it's been an absolute crazy emotional roller coaster. I mean, about a month ago, I was at, I was coaching Bishops. I, I, I was the coach, uh, the head coach at, at Bishops for the first team. And during one of the sessions, uh, we had a conditioning sessions because we aren't allowed to play hockey. It was just uh, running with social distancing. And um, everything was confirmed. My flights, because originally I was meant to fly from Cape Town to Kenya, Kenya to Amsterdam. And I wasn't too happy to stop over in Kenya. Uh, so... Um, I asked them to possibly change it, and that that day my visa got confirmed, my flight got confirmed, my working permit got confirmed, or like all during the the session. And it was so hard for me to focus because it was like, okay, all these words and all conversations are becoming a, a bit of a reality. So yeah, it's been a lot to take in, but I think yeah, I've been really blessed with my parents supporting me and. Uh, my friends back home saying that this is a no-brainer. You have to take it. Um, it's something that people people don't often get the opportunity uh, to do. And now I I do have this opportunity, so I'm just going to try and take it with both hands. Ryan, I mean, you're speaking so humbly, but but there's something else that happened during the lockdown uh, that you are not talking about yet, and I think it's very important. This is a hockey podcast, and people want to hear this. But during the um, the lockdown, you became a viral TikTok champion. <laughs> I mean, I mean, tell us. What, I, I mean, there's some great videos you're posting. I know Mustafa Kasim uh, says he's trying hard, but he's just not worth it. He's just not in your league. Uh, and obviously, we're having a bit of fun here. But, but I mean, you had quite a lot of fun with TikTok. Uh, you know, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, I was hoping you wouldn't bring this up, Jabu. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, um, obviously during TikTok, I mean during lockdown, I find myself um, after my my studies and doing my my fitness quite bored, and there was this app going around TikTok, and I was just watching people's videos, and I was like, this is the perfect way to chill some time, uh, start a bit of a vibe within, because I I recently just joined the the SA indoor team again after being out for two years. So I thought coming in, maybe just start a bit of a bit of vibe and a bit of energy and during the, you know, the lockdown to try and make people smile and make them a bit happy after all this, yeah, unfortunate uh, circumstances that's been happening. And yeah, Mustafa and, and Aiden turn uh, part of the, the, the Blitzstalker. Uh, yeah. They, they hopped on quite quickly and, I mean, it's it's been something that's that's kept my mind away from uh, 
yeah, going into a bit of a bit of negativity. So it's been really fun for me. And obviously, if if people that are yeah that are listening to this podcast, if they want to go have a look, there is a yeah, if you can say a little viral TikTok going around on my Instagram and my and my TikTok of of me being a complete clown, but just trying to bring smiles to the faces of people. So yeah, that was really fun actually. <laughs> but I think it's I think it's appropriate, Ryan, because uh, you can have a laugh about your TikTok and stuff and. It's great because it for me it just shows that hockey players don't take themselves too seriously, and yeah. really that's ultimately what we're trying to do for people is bring joy to their fight, you know, bring joy to them. Whether it's yeah, exactly playing it, uh, me writing it, Derek and I talking about it, it's all about bringing joy to people. And and you know, a lot of your hockey has that flairful ability to bring that joy. Yeah, you know, I've watched I've watched you play indoor for a while. I've watched you play Western Province hockey. Um, and yeah, I mean, what is it? What is it about Central Hockey Club that brings you guys so much flair? Oh, yeah, I've been asked that question many a time, and my answer is always the same. Um, the staff uh, at at Central, so uh, Bruce Jacobs, uh, Kurt F- Sertfontaine, uh, Nathan Jedricks, they've been at the club for many years, and it's obviously not uh, not the most well off uh, club. But uh, in hockey, uh, yeah, you know, none of us get paid to play hockey in South Africa. So we do it for, for purely the fun and the enjoyment. Um, and I think what I've, what I've noticed and one of the cultures that came through last year when we, when we won the league was that we're trying to play for something bigger than ourselves. So playing for the supporters on the side of the field that come uh, to support us. And, and Central haven't won a league since... Yeah, in the last 20 years. So winning it last year was really special. And seeing uh, the celebrations of, of not just the team, but the uh, the supporters watching us and that we now playing for them and, and the badge, the central badge has a different meaning and it's a bit more in depth. So, so uh, yeah, just trying to uh, engulf yourself with playing for something bigger than yourself. Uh, yeah, the process will be much sweeter than, than instant gratification. So... So that was one of the the cultures and coming through and it really sh- like paid off in the end and and we got great amount of value for it and the fans were incredibly happy there were fans crying supporters that thought it wouldn't be possible um, and a group of of humble players that have families of, of two or three kids I think our whole defense have, have, have families um, and then we also have a bit of flair with Mustafa Dayan. Um, we have Pierre, who's a veteran, but still super aggressive. We have Lance, uh, and those people have, have stepped through and, yeah, just uh, solidified the culture that Bruce, Curtin, and Nathan have um, imprinted in the team. Ryan, I mean, you speak about the money aspect, and uh, we, we speak yeah. about that on the show pretty much every episode. and. And apologies to everyone out there. I mean, we keep on beating the same drum, but but it is worth beating. And I think I've said those exact words before. So, yeah. I mean, it must be incredibly tough being a, a professional professional hockey player, but without the, the professional side being the money in South Africa. Yeah. And, and, and it must be great to, to be able to win tournaments like that. Uh, and it gives you some sort of validation in terms of, well, I'm not exactly wasting my time because... You, you you really are doing it for the love of the sport and, and to keep fit exactly. and, because you're very, very good at it. So I can imagine two turning points. I, I can imagine winning something like that must 
uh, ha- have a massive impact on you. I mean, there's no question winning a tournament in itself would always do that. But in a, t- yeah. in a sport like hockey, where you have given so much time, so much of your effort, so much of your expertise too, and to say, okay, cool, well, it's not all for nothing. But then, secondly, to, to, to have that conversation and then go over to the Netherlands, um, I mean, it just goes to show that not everything is a waste. And, and I can imagine it, it must be a big motivation for the listeners out there who were in this, are in the same boat as you were a couple of months prior, whereby they're thinking, you know, what is the point of this all? Because especially during lockdown, I'm not getting a paycheck for all this trouble. I've got to train seven days a week, eight days a week. Uh, you know, and, and, and it, it must be incredibly rewarding to, to be able to achieve things like that. Yeah, no, no, yeah, definitely, Derek. I think that I've I had a conversation uh, with, with someone and he said, yeah, the, the, uh, the rugby and the soccer and the cricket, yeah, they get the, the nice paychecks and they have a really good, uh, a very strong uh, union uh, financially. But if you playing sports, uh, especially from a young age, as, as a parent, just just yeah, inviting your kids to play sport, they honestly have to find uh, the enjoyment factor in it. And I think hockey players in uh, South Africa really play the sport to enjoy it. And if we do get um, a bit of money or a, sponsor, a sponsorship deal, like I think we value it, um, yeah, like a lot. And I think... Yeah, we really look after it and we do our best uh, to try and um, yeah put the sponsor in the best light. But uh, I think the enjoyment factor is is really important because I mean there's a there's a saying is uh, oof, I'm gonna paraphrase it a bit, but uh, if you have, if you enjoy something that you do, you never have to work a day in your life. And I think for South African hockey players, the enjoyment factor is something that that uh, that we hold quite dear to our hearts and. The, the more you enjoy something, uh, the better you uh, you do. So I think uh, people, especially like in my case, uh, they they saw something that I really am passionate about, something that I enjoy, and I've been blessed with the ability to uh, to perform quite well. And so uh, I've been given this opportunity. But for South Africans back home um, that are still uh, playing the sport that they love, like, like that's something that you can't uh, teach you know it's 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 something you can't buy and uh, the enjoyment factor and there's there's so many professionals out there that just do something because of uh, the paycheck um but the fact that you enjoy something it makes you enjoy the process more you grow more uh more as an individual because we are in, we are human beings before hockey players so the enjoyment factor is something that that that's really uh, rewarding for us as, as hockey players in South Africa yeah, one thing that I am, I'm, uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, one thing that I've discovered uh, over the last year and a half being involved with this podcast and being involved with hockey to a certain extent is how incredibly tight knit the South African community is with regards to the yeah. sport, and, and they have to be. I mean, they just continue wearing yeah. smiles on their faces because they absolutely love the sport, and even if there is no financial re- remuneration. Uh, it is they're doing it solely for for the love of the game and and anything that they get in return is a bonus. So now, I mean, you've been based over there now for a little while. Uh, I'm sure, even despite having um, with sport not having been uh, top of mind, uh, you, you must have had a couple of conversations with the overseas pros. and And what is their take on on how things are back home in terms of purely doing it for for the love of the game? Yeah. Um... 
prior to coming to to Holland, I obviously have have created quite a good network, uh, being involved with the, the national teams. And you know, once I came to Holland, there was obviously a more a more live dialogue as I'm talking to them face to face. And for them, <clears throat> they started playing the sport at maybe about six four five years old which is very it's it's very different to south africa uh, where we maybe start at 10 11 12 13 um and the the culture is very different here because hockey is hockey is more of a religion over here um and they have the idea that if if you are really good at the sport uh, you can definitely uh, make a living out of it over here and a professional contract will will be available to you so it's it's very competitive. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying they don't enjoy it; they definitely do. But um, there's also that very uh, uh, financial-based, very competitive environment uh, that motivates them more, and they end up enjoying it because of uh, the results that they get. Um, so, so that's something that that's very different. And yeah, and it's I think it's pretty normal because uh, over here. Um, hockey is obviously a religion, and financially, it's it's a bit um, a bit more well off uh, than in South Africa. But yeah, I think their their approach to hockey, as from an enjoyment, a competitive, uh, financial level, is is very different, and something that that I'm still getting used to. Um, yeah, but it's I, I think it's it's a culture that's that's very well balanced and. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to being integrated into that, that culture. Speaking of culture, Ryan, you, you obviously have been integrated into the indoor hockey culture. That's a, a big part of your upbringing from playing uh, to coaching. Yeah. Of course, at uh, PSI, you featured for the African All-Stars, the International All-Stars against South Africa yeah. and, um, <laughs> and South Africa themselves. And you already have the... The uh, the what's the bragging rights of ticking off an indoor hockey world cup to you now? I mean, take us through a little bit of your indoor hockey journey. Yeah, um, so I, I started hockey when I was thirteen years old. Um, I think that's that's pretty pretty late. I started as a goalkeeper actually, uh, <laughs> um, and. Uh, the first game I played, I, I let in a good few goals, and I was like, "I'm never playing hockey ever again." And my coach was like, "Yeah, why don't you play some some indoor hockey? It's really nice and fast. You don't have to play goalkeeper. Um, and outdoor, you don't have to play goalkeeper as well. Play some some striker or midfield." So um, I started playing indoor hockey when I was 14 um, under Simon Martin's franchise, the Cape Seals. Um, and he picked a group of people that are my age, uh, and we ended up playing every single age group together. Uh, yeah, winning every single PSI um, from the age of, of fourteen. Um, and then in the last, the last our our matric year, uh, we were eighteen years old, and we lost in the in the semi final to Griffins, uh, which was a very tough pull to swallow. Um, and from there, I think. My first year out of out of school, I was invited. I think Tiggers asked me to to come and play for the international all stars against South Africa, and I was a bit mixed about it. Obviously, Tiggers is was was really good at hockey and someone that I wanted to play with, but um, playing against my country was was a bit of a <laughs> yeah 
um, a toughy, uh, a tough like, yeah, subject to 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 comprehend. And ended up playing pretty pretty well. And then a few months later, they called me up into into this into the team uh, where I made my debut. And ever since then, it's, it's been quite a quite a journey. And yeah, going to uh, the Afcon, uh, qualifying for the World Cup. Uh, the World Cup is unbelievable. Um, yeah, the group that gets selected to go to the next World Cup is is going to be really lucky, and uh, I think they have a very, a very uh, big task ahead of them. Just because South Africa hockey is, I think, a bit better off than we were back then. Um, a bit more depth, uh, more youngsters coming through uh, into the team. Uh, youngsters that deserve to be there that can play at an international standard. Um, but the World Cup was a really prestigious event, uh, showcasing the best indoor that I've ever seen. And um, yeah, it's something that I hold very dear to my heart. And to be able to go to another World Cup would be a dream come true. Um, and I definitely would do things differently uh, from a hockey perspective. I think it's uh, having grown as a player, both mentally and, and physically and, and technically, I think, um, yeah, should I be given the opportunity uh, to play? I think I'll definitely relish that that opportunity. But it is a, a world class event, um, and it's it's an amazing game. So yeah, I'm really excited for the journey to that process. And you're very actively involved also in the the coaching and and like you already told us, you're the under 14s at Almira. Yeah, you've also always been seen on the side of the field at PSI coaching. I mean, what is it? about coaching that attracts you so much? What is it that you love about the coaching side of the game? Yeah, um, I think being in the position that, that I find myself in, uh, having played, having, yeah, being in the team for, for the national indoor and outdoor, I just want to give uh, the kids, um, because some kids won't have uh, the opportunity to play for their country. Um, yeah, not everyone does, and that's a bit, that's that's life and a bit of a, um, yeah, tough pull to swallow. But uh, for me, coaching, I just want to give them a bit of international experience. Um, I want to try and even the playing fields um, a bit and, and give the kid who, who does it for fun and doesn't see himself playing for his country, I want to give him a bit of a taste um, uh, with regards to the, the intensity, the tactics, um, um, yeah, maybe a bit of culture uh, to the international background. And just give him a bit of a taste that hopefully spurs his love uh, for the game a bit more. Um, and then, yeah, just trying to motivate kids to 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 have the mindset of, yeah, I mean, I went to an, a co-ed school before going to Bishops that played across. Um, the playing on Astro for me was was foreign, um, and. Yeah, my love for the game was purely spurred on by the passion from a teacher, not from any tactics. Um, and yes, I do have the tactics and and, yeah, and the technical ability, but the passion definitely comes through. And hopefully, the kids uh, they vibe of that. They they take it all in, and hopefully, that changes their perspective of the sport and and pushes them a bit more to to, to want to be better and and do better. And then, yeah, I mean, Ryan, and 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 if you had to just say what is the one the one golden piece of advice you give as a coach to inspire these kids yeah i i said it now um in south africa we, we yeah we don't get paid to to play hockey in south africa so so 
we have to do it for fi- to for the pure enjoyment of the sport and and when we lose a game i always say guys like if if the sport makes you happy why why are you so sad like why would you make something uh, that makes you happy make you make you sad and that really I, i would hope it resonates with kids i've had a few kids come to me and and be like yeah thank you so much um but in life uh, yeah the things that that bring joy to you and the things where you have a good time with your mates on the field uh, and make you smile um yeah losing a game it, it is really hard at times but but those the, those joy those joyous moments that you have on the field uh, you can't afford for those those happy moments to bring you down because then why do you play the sport like that that's my approach to to the game and obviously like I'm very competitive I don't really play sport uh, to lose to be honest um but the enjoyment factor is something that is is really important and if you lose and uh, you, and you really enjoy the sport you will want to come back uh, to try again um and not become a despondent and yeah and, and not show your face again so yeah the enjoyment factor is, is really important It's interesting that you mention about not wanting to lose and I was asked this question the other day in an interview I think it was by Chris Cardoso who's a, a player agent a, a good friend of mine and actually we're in business together along with uh, his business partner Rassi van der Dissen who, who of course plays for the Proteus and yeah. and he asked me uh, I can't remember what it was in terms of uh, what uh, I think he was asking about uh, I think Dale Stain uh, if I'm not mistaken and uh, I said he's probably the the sportsman I, I I respect the most or I really enjoy. And and he said, you know, what what makes him different? And I said it's not so much him, but professional sportsmen in general. It's their their will to win. I yeah. mean, I I I really don't I mean, I'm I love sport. I I play most sports. Uh, I dabble in them, but I mean, if I lose, I'm uh, so what? It was uh, a fun day out on, on the golf course. So, yeah. and, and generally, 100% of the time, I'm going to lose in the golf course anyway. But, um, but in anything, be it squash or, or back in the day rugby, I was like, you know, obviously, I'd, I'd prefer to win, but it's not the end of the world. Whereas uh, I find with professional sports, and then like you just said, you know, it, it, it literally is a, a matter of be all or end all. You know, you, you've got yeah, to win. It's true. win or nothing. And and that's it, and that's what helps get you to where you are today. Because yeah, talent no, can definitely. take you so far, but the mindset that makes a huge difference. Yeah, that's correct. That's that's so true. I think sport nowadays has become more of a mental battle than a than a physical battle, um, and that's just because of uh, the sport evolving and um, and definitely the more competitive you get. Uh, that that hard work that determination that drive uh, that competitiveness really needs to come through because it does give you a bit of an edge over over your opponents and and something that I've learned over here really quickly in in Holland is so after after trainings um uh, the first thing we play obviously a game um a very competitive game and there are people on on the field that they don't want to leave the field unless they've won um which is crazy and it makes sense so if i if i'm in a team with someone and we're losing 2-1 and training is meant to be done uh at 10 p.m. uh that guy will ask the coach okay i'm not walking off the field and unless i win so you have to call you have to ex- 
extend the training and we we play until <laughs> we get close to a, a victory or, or we win so and that's and that's I, I really enjoy that 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 edge and and that that aspect it's really fresh and new and uh, I think it really breeds excellence so there has to be a fine line between like good competitiveness and and maybe getting a bit out of hand um, but I think healthy competition is really good and does stimulate uh, good progress and de- and development so yeah I'm, I'm all for for competition <laughs> and, and the other factor that we've also got to bring in and I mean you'll appreciate this as much as a player as as a coach is the hard work that's get done get gets done behind behind the scenes and and people yeah. talk about success as 90% preparation or, or something yeah. to that that amount and uh, and again uh, I put this down I mean I look back to to when I was playing and, and even at school or at club level uh, literally if it was practice it once the the whistle blew from our coach then practice started and and once he said okay it's over then that was over for me and 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 that's as far as it went and you know we've had Justin Reed Ross on the show before and he said when he first came up to Pretoria from PE he was I don't think he was playing at Pretoria boys but he went would go to the Astro every single day after his regular hockey practice I I can't remember exactly what and and he said there was a, a future coach he said he always knew that he would drive past Pretoria Boys at 5, 6 in the evening. And there was Justin alone on the Astro firing in uh, his flicks, you know, top right-hand, top left-hand corners. And, and, he, and he always knew that this guy's going to make it because he's got the willpower. And uh, it's certain people have that willpower. I mean, I wouldn't have yeah. ever fathomed when I was a youngster putting in that extra work. Uh, irrespective of of what the, the the rewards were in the future, I just thought you know, well, I'm I'm here to play a game and I'm here to practice and practice ends and that's where it ends for me, and and I'm sure yeah. that you must appreciate it as much as you do as a player. But but as a coach, when you see kids when they 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 really just want to continue, 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 uh, and, and you know that that that's going to put set put them aside from the rest. Yeah, it's definitely. I think it's it's it really brings a joy to your to your face if. Uh, if you see someone working a bit harder, and I have a saying is like, everyone has two trainings a week, everyone plays a game, so we all are getting better at the same rate, uh, like scientifically or yeah, hypothetically. But but what's going to make you different from your teammates? I think it's maybe going to be that extra hour that you put in before or after training, that's going to make you slightly better than a than your teammate or your competition. So, yeah, um, like everyone has the same amount of trainings and they play once a week and we're all getting better at the same rate. But I think that extra bit of bit of oomph and, and hard work just just sets you one level a bit higher. And then, uh, yeah, and, and then you end up uh, increasing in, in performance and, and, and technical ability. So... That hard work is is really important if you if you want to get to uh, the next level, and I think it's just in life as well. Just putting in some extra graft to to reap uh, some some rewards that are that are going to make you really happy. And humans are addicted; they are addicted to results. So if you see a bit of progress and uh, some results for you, it'll it'll motivate you more to to put in some more hard work. So yeah, it's definitely hard work is is crucial. Brian, I love your mentality. It's actually uh, just it's just so refreshing to listen to. Um, and you're, you're such a humble guy. Um, but have you had, I mean, 
as a fan of the game as well, have you had one of those pinch me moments yet when you've been on the field with with someone who's like an icon and you're like, well, hang on, I'm actually playing on the same field as this person? <laughs> Oh, funny you say that. That was that was me yesterday. Yeah, we we, <laughs> we played a we played a warm up game uh, against Amsterdam Hockey Club. Uh, their midfield are Dutch internationals: Valentin Verger, Billy Bucker. They have um, let's think. They have Mikko Persa, like top ten players in the world that I'm playing against. Um, and going into the game, it was. It was a bit of a mental adjustment. I, I cannot put them on a bit of a pedestal because mentally I think I would have already lost. So um, when I shook their hand and then greeted them, it wasn't any starstruck moment. And then after the game, uh, I ended up speaking to them and, and, and trying to pick their brains a bit. Um, but in the game, it's like I think when I stepped onto the field, it, it hit me really hard. I was like, like damn, I'm actually going to play against people that play that play at the top level, they're top 10 players in the world and I'll be playing against them every weekend. So that was, that was quite a, a heat wave of, of emotion and a bit of a reality and a, a pinch me moment. But uh, I had to really shake that off quickly and ended up playing, playing fairly well. So um, yeah, from mental aspect, it's, it's as much as I, I really appreciate what they do and I just couldn't really, put them on too much of a, of a pedestal so quickly. Uh, otherwise, I end up just not being present in the game um, and just watching them. So, yeah, but but I had that moment yesterday. Ty. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, look, we, we get it uh, regularly here on Hockey, the podcast. We're really sitting on the same. We're just chatting with an international sportsman who's just chilled and then is saying to us, oh, wow, thank you for giving me the opportunity when we should yeah. be saying... Um, like, wow, thank you for giving us the time to chat. And, and it's a, a hallmark of South African hockey players specifically. Yeah. It's just that, that humility that, that we carry uh, with us. Right now, I mean, obviously, I have to ask you, though, the, the, the question is, where does the heart lie stronger? Is it on the court or is it on the AstroTurf? Um, I am, my first game is, is outdoor, but... I do really enjoy playing indoor. I think the fast-paced uh, game, it suits my physique for sure. Like, I think I'm very fast, agile. Um, and so to answer your question, I, I think maybe maybe indoor would probably be my, my number one sport at the moment. No, no yeah. of course, of course. And look, I, I always liked indoor because I'm not fast. Um, <laughs> and and it meant that good positioning meant I could get myself into the game a lot of the time. So yeah. I could make a lot of space by making two steps in the right direction. <laughs> um, of course, when I was playing uh, more serious indoor hockey, it wasn't at the level that we have now. I mean, yeah. it wasn't the ability and the aerial skills. We played a lot more of the geometry game by uh, yeah. using the boards a lot more. Yeah, but uh, no, the game has evolved, and and obviously it's it's brought us players like you, like the Kasim brothers, like Edinson, you know, yeah. the flair players playing alongside the structure of Jethro Eustace, Justin Domlio. Yeah. I think that's what makes South African indoor hockey so exciting right now, is yeah. that combination. Ryan, true, true. the other question I did want to ask you because you've done it for a couple of years now, is 
the fact that you're currently sitting in Holland, you've obvious, uh, and, and sorry, Derek, you're currently sitting in Netherlands, in the province there of Holland. There we go. Um, <laughs> so you're currently sitting there, you're away from home, you spent a couple of years in Belgium. I mean, how do you cope you know, with that? That, that? You know, you want to follow your, your love of the game of hockey. It's not like football. It's not going to give you tons of money that you can fly your family over every week. Yeah. So you're, you're constantly apart from them. And you are a big family man. How, yeah. how do you deal with that difficulty? Yeah, um, obviously growing up at home and having a really good support structure and a family that I, that yeah supports me and that I love dearly. It's it's been when I went to Belgium for the first time, it hit me really hard just not being able to to see them as often. And they're my biggest fans, but also my biggest critics. Maybe they don't know hockey, but as well. But when they criticize me, it's, it's to the T and it's very blunt and it's done out of out of complete love and for for them um me going to belgium wasn't initially a, a, per, a permanent um uh venture because it was on a tourist tourist visa so every 3 months um i come home for 3 months and then i go back for 3 months but this one is a working visa so it's it's a bit more permanent and um prior to making a, or signing the contract, the club did say, uh, like, we'll be spending uh, this amount of, of money on a visa for something just for a season. So it's definitely going to be long-term, uh, hopefully. That's the plan. Um, and for them, it's 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 something that um, I'm, I can say I'm, I'm, I'm talented and, and find myself in the, in the category of people that, that have this opportunity. And my parents that are being so supportive and, and my brother as well, my family, it's it's just, yeah, you've just got to do what you need to do and have fun doing it. And uh, they spoke to me and asked me, like, why do I want to do it? What was my reasoning? And um, my reasoning was for South Africa, many, many countries, they, 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 they underestimate us as, as a country when it comes to hockey and we see it at national level when they play against Africa, they're like, ah, okay, easy, 6-0, 5-0. Or... So for me going here, it was just to put South Africa on a map and allow Holland to uh, hopefully see from my game that there is depth and there are, there are good players that can play in the Hoof class uh, in South Africa and hopefully it gives uh, people an opportunity and... <clears throat> For people that are listening, listening um, that do want to play overseas, they are more than welcome to contact me. I have many contacts, and uh, I'm hoping hoping that through this venture in, in Holland, it, it gives people the opportunity to want to, to have yeah have the opportunity to play in Holland because that's every hockey player's dream. And uh, yeah, that was the reasoning why I wanted one of the reasons why I wanted to go to to create more of a um, a platform for South African players uh, to play in the top top level. So, yeah, they've been very supportive, and uh, yeah, I love them loads for that. <laughs> Ryan, just uh, I mean, we, we're getting towards the tail end of the interview before we hit uh, the dreaded or eagerly awaited, depending uh, your stance on it. One question quiz, but before we do, uh, you spoke about the indoor hockey uh, World Cup. Um, yeah. a, a terrific event and it's not the, the one and only uh, world class event that, that you've been involved in there's been numerous ones especially representing your country uh, we go back uh, when you 
when you're a little youngster, I think it was uh, the, the the Junior World Cup over in India. You represented us. Yes. And uh, also you've uh, been to the Commonwealth, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's correct, Derek. That's correct. That is, uh, yeah, the, the Junior World Cup was was my first taste of, of a professional environment, playing India in India in, in front of 20,000 screaming supporters where you can't even hear communication between you and your teammates on the field. Um, that was that was unbelievable. And then the Commonwealth Games was just a real taste of an, an Olympics light, you know? like um, I just like to think of it like that. It was very... Well planned, uh, everything at your disposal, everything to help you succeed um, is there for you. Physios, doctors, everything's for free and then to the yeah, just for the athletes to use and yeah, a well-run tournament that that showcases really uh, quality hockey. So I've been really blessed and privileged to be a part of those those tournaments, and hopefully there are still many more to come. Just expand about that experience in India. I know you touched on it briefly, but every single time we have a guest over here who speaks about India, uh, I mean, even if they go over now as a pro, uh, they're still blown away. So I can imagine as a bright-eyed, wide-eyed youngster going over into that environment, it must have absolutely blown your mind. Yeah, that's... No, when we played India... In India, I'd, I'd know I, like the most supporters I've seen on a field are maybe like oof, 300. And that's at an IPT final. That's including the players that are watching. Um, maybe, yeah, just less than 500. So walking into a, a full pack stadium, that's beautiful facilities. Um, so hospitable people, such hospitable people. 20,000 screaming fans just screaming for India. Um, if they score a goal, it, it feels like you at the biggest rave party event and you standing right by the speakers. It's so like ear piercing and um, the songs and the music. It's You just really have to be... And prior to, to that event, and especially with the, with, the, with the national, the senior team, we did a lot of trainings where where we, we would be training and there would be our coach, uh, Mark Hopkins at the time, he would bring a little boombox and he would just pump music um, while we're training just to get us into that flow um, so that we end up focusing on uh, the, the game and not to the music. So he'd ask us for our best songs and our favorite songs and while we're training at, at an international uh, training camp, uh, he would be pumping our best songs, and we have to try and stay focused on the game and not the sound. And, and that I think conditioned us a bit, a bit better. And that was quite an interesting approach. But at a junior World Cup, we were truly blown away, and it's it's a real experience that I, I wouldn't trade for anything. Yeah, I'm sure, and I, and I can guarantee that there are plenty more. Massive world-class events uh, awaiting you in the future, uh, given uh, the talent that is at your disposal and the work ethic that we've spoken about uh, throughout the interview. Yeah. Uh, I think it is time that we head over to the dreaded, or as mentioned, <laughs> eagerly awaited one-question quiz. Uh, unless Tyron has anything else to add. If he does, he'll just butt in. in yeah. Insert dramatic music here. Do, do, do. <laughs> bom, bom, bom. <laughs> 
Let's get it. Yeah, we, we really need to get uh, Taylor Maker a, a, a nice little intro for this one question. I think <laughs> with that's with your next. DJ abilities lately, you could just push a button and we'd get a great song. <laughs> Actually, Derek, don't you have a song loaded? Just push any random song. Uh, here we go. That'll welcome the one question quiz. Here we go. Beautiful. We're going to get into <laughs> that. Some... couldn't have gone better. I know. We, we're going to get some lovely uh, copyright issues, but uh, we'll deal with that. Uh, we'll rather ask for forgiveness than permission. Uh, incidentally, do you know where that comes from, Ryan? You better. Yeah, I think it's, it's Captain America, no? No. Not even no? close. No. <laughs> what was that? No, I. That is. <laughs> I have no idea what Captain America's song is, but that's not it. That is uh, Harrison Ford. Oh, from what a great start to this quiz. That's yeah, that. Jeez, yeah, that could have been the question. <laughs> that was a okay. shocker. Yeah, not a not a great start. That that's Harrison Ford from Indiana Jones. Uh, and you, you, incidentally, I mean, we've we've spoken about this often, but we've actually launched something new. Ty and I was speaking about uh, the different productions that we've got on the go, and uh, we recently launched the one K, Wednesday one K challenge. And what happens is every Wednesday. We have a, a bunch of people take part, and you do it from the comfort of your own homes, and you, you answer via your phone. So we're going to get you on board next Wednesday. We'll send you a, a free entry. And literally, yeah. it's an hour long. Myself and Ty host it, and it's 25 questions apiece from, from both of us, so 50 questions in total. If you're at the top of the leaderboard by the end of the night, then you win for yourself 1,000 rand. So because you're in the Netherlands, you'll get for yourself, what, that's two euro uh, that we'll put into your, <laughs> your account. You'll be very happy to hear. Uh, but, but yeah, it's a really, really cool thing. It's uh, a couple of weeks into its, uh, uh, it, after its launch, and uh, we're really, really enjoying it. But um, we won't ask you this question because it will have already been asked. But I want to know from you, Mr. Yeah. Ryan Julius. There is another Ryan Julius <coughs> in the world of sports, although many will debate whether it is indeed a sport. Do you know who I'm talking about? Ryan, no, I don't, unfortunately. Okay, really he, don't. He, he plays in the World Series of Poker. He's uh, a guy from the States, exact same spelling, R-Y-A-N and Julius, J-U-L-I-U-S. Uh, so I want to know from you, in the World yes. Series of Poker, this Ryan Julius, and don't worry, if you Google Ryan Julius, you are first page entirely you, and then you get to this guy. <laughs> so you're definitely the yeah. more famous of the two Sports personalities that are named Ryan Julius. <laughs> uh, I want to know from you, what is his best placed finish in the World Series of Poker? And it was the Horseshoe Hammond in Chicago. <laughs> and it was quite a few years back, 2008, 2009. Where did he finish? It was in the top 10. I'll give you that much. I was in the top 10. Yeah. Okay. Mm, I'm going to go with Three. Three. Third, yeah. Oh, I was going to play you Indiana Jones again if you got that right. Uh, but let's see. What do we have here if you got that wrong? Hmm. <coughs> oh, I know. I know exactly what I'll play. Uh, let's see. If you got it right, you hear Indiana Jones. If you hear wrong, you get this. <laughs> Sorry, and that in fact was "Knew You Were Waiting" by uh, Aretha Franklin and George Michael sang backwards. 
So it's really horrible uh, saying backwards. So unfortunately, it was a horrible answer. Three, you said it was not. The answer was seventh. And uh, that was back in 2008, 2009, uh, $555 buy-in. And he came away with uh, $11,000, which uh, is pretty cool, but it pales in comparison. Uh, You know, this is actually bizarre because if you think about it, uh, that was his best place finish, but it's pretty much been his lowest winnings. Um, And that just goes to show how skewed it is uh, with regards to (laughs) World Series of Poker. But uh, yeah, that is uh, your namesake uh, who does pretty good things in that side of the world. But uh, you're doing far better things over in your side of the world in a sport that is definitely more of a sport than poker. And uh, apologies to all poker players who have just been offended by that. Ryan, it's been great chatting to you, man. Really, really good things uh, uh, await. And and, and so, so proud of what you've managed to achieve uh, in your career so far. Yeah, thank you so much, Derek and, and Jabba. I really appreciate you, you reaching out to me, and it's it's, it's really humbling to, to to have the opportunity to to try and motivate and, and tell people my story, and hopefully it does inspire them to 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 push for greater heights that I have. But uh, yeah, I really love you guys' work. Uh, I'm, I do follow uh, you guys quite 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 religiously, and I really yeah thank you for for giving me the opportunity to to have a chat. This afternoon, this morning, yeah. Uh, thank you, Ryan. It's 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 the the thanks is all ours. The pleasure should be all yours, and uh, we look forward to when you come next on the show after helping South Africa into a record position at the Indoor World Cup, getting that Olympics, and uh, who knows, maybe one day playing for alongside the top ten players in the world as one of the top ten players in the world. Yeah, thanks so much, Javi. I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Brilliant Thanks stuff. So Cheers, Ryan. Keep well. Chat soon. Keep well. Bye. Cheers. Ciao. Oh, what a lucky guy, Tyron. Yeah, but, you know, I just now keep thinking, every time he scores a goal, how great would it be if it goes, do 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 And he grabs a, a hat, you know, the Indiana Jones hat off the side of the field. Oh, we'd have to explain it to him because I don't think he yeah. quite had a clue who Indiana Jones was. And uh, hopefully he does that and doesn't grab a, a shield with a, a star on the front as he tries to imitate Captain America. <laughs> but that, that, that was funny. <laughs> what a bad start to his quiz. I thought, geez, if he gets that wrong, uh, yeah, the portions, uh, it, it doesn't uh, speak highly of uh, what's to come. Now, I just so remember, he was born long after the first Indiana Jones was released. So, uh, you know... The, the, the younger people have a different taste to you and I. Yeah, well, that, that's completely correct. I mean, I, I find that out as well with us doing a, a bunch of these trivias over the last couple of weeks. And, and I always think of these 80s TV shows. And I think, oh, cool. Let's throw a nice easy one in there. I mean, for, for you and I, uh, those TV shows, uh, they are iconic uh, in terms of the, the songs. And I play it and you just met with uh, absolute quizzical stares having absolutely no idea what what you're playing so yeah we are we are getting on a bit well i certainly am um but uh, luckily we've got youngsters like ryan out there who can keep on flying the flag high and proudly for south africa no absolutely and and isn't he doing that just so superbly already and i mean Derek, I, I don't know about you but when i was 25 years of age i did not have the the humility and maturity that he has and i think it's just gonna bode him well for the future yeah goes without saying what a great guy and no doubt we will have him on a future show as well that wraps up 
another episode of Hockey the Podcast. I know we mentioned it up front, but uh, don't miss our Wednesday night's 1K Challenges. Uh, you can follow the details on Raider Media on our various social pages. It's a lot of fun. And uh, as mentioned, there's 1K on offer uh, to add towards your holiday fund, which is uh, fast approaching uh, as we near the end of the year. Tyron, it's been great. As always, uh, you've got a week to go and grab our next guest. Yeah, there we go. And then, sorry, Derek, just uh, it would be remiss not to say, well, you're on um, Raiders pages. Go and check out Short Fine Legs. It's a fantastic uh, podcast that we bring you, Daniel Gallen and Nana Bongolo from uh, the Josie Stars. And uh, Sunay Lewis, the latest star. So it's a really great listen. Go give it a listen. And uh, watch out. Raider Media will be bringing you more content. Yeah. 100%. Thanks so much, Ty. Chat soon. All right. Cheers. Bye.